welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Tregone. I have with me Father Andy Boyd and AJ Gedney. How's it going, guys? Pretty good in you, Vince. Hanging in there. Now, AJ, AJ, you 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 threw me for surprise because I've never seen you this way. And it's it's kind of scary. Now, granted, people in my parish are saying that I look scary because I've let mine just go again and I'm lazy. But you've shaved your head and your beard. Yeah. This yeah, is it's funny because when I just saw you on the chat, I was like, oh wow, Father Andy looks like a Civil War general now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lazy. Lazy. It's all bushy. Real, yeah, real big sideburns. <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> Ugly. I want to shave it, but I left my uh half of my trimmers are in Washington State and the other half are at my parents' house. So either it all goes or it just stays for a little bit. Yeah, it's not hurting anything. Shaving's been a painful process. My uh my face is not like it. You you picked a bad time of year to do it. We're entering into the cold months, so I don't know. I, I would have waited. I would have waited until spring. But then again, entering yeah. ordination. So yeah, it was one of those things where I, I kept playing with the idea, and then like it just drove me nuts. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do it today because I kept thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you know, I could do it now. It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a huge deal because you know I have a mask on most of the day. And then just, you know, woke up one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, it has to be today. It's going to drive me nuts. Understandable. Understandable. I was thinking, but the problem is, is like, you can see I'm going bald and it's just really kind of sad. So I thought about shaving my head. Did just shave it all. I mean, look how nasty it. that is. Look how, you can see my, it's horrible. I, yeah. Vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. We just heard about that the other day, but still it. Yeah, Thanks. I didn't know Kohelis was talking about male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking to a few priests of the diocese complaining about my my hair issue, and they all said, you know, they make some really nice stuff to take care of that. I said, I'm not putting on a rug. <laughs> uh, you should get one that looks like Donald Trump's hair. Oh, man, that would that'd go over well. I think it would. Um, I read one time about shaving a beard where... They basically say, if you don't want to regret it, go as many days as it took weeks to grow it, to decide. So if you were growing it for like 10 weeks, take 10 days to think about it. So if I haven't shaved since 2000, completely, completely. If I haven't shaved since 2000. You know what? Maybe, maybe it was months. It might've been months. 15. So like take six days for six months. I think that's what it was. Hmm. Jeez. All right, I gotta wait a month. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get this picture. So I was mentioning to you guys before we started recording. There's this YouTuber that I watch. Um, he does tech videos, and he has these degrees in tech that um, I'm interested in, etc. And his name is Network Chuck, and it looked like AJ before the beard. But let's see if I can just so you guys can see because I'm having difficulty getting the picture off of YouTube. Hey. It looks almost exactly like AJ. Uh, if I could only hold this straight. It really looks like AJ. Yeah, you're right. And none of our listeners are going to be able to see this. Well, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Or it, we, we can just tell him he's very handsome. Yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he sounds just like you too. And the manner is, I'm like, wait a minute. Did AJ switch gears and all of a sudden get a wife and 
one, two, three, five, six kids. I mean, it would fit, but not, not what I thought. So, but no, this, yeah, it, it threw me for a surprise to see you without facial hair or hell, any hair at all. So in any event, I, you, you're probably wondering why I've gathered you all here today. Yeah, we've been wondering. Maybe it's well, because I, we're supposed to record because we have a weekly podcast, but maybe there's another reason. You know, ulterior motives, you know, I'm, I'm, it's all about me and don't anybody forget that. It's always all about me, right? Um, no, what I, uh, for our topic today, I've just been thinking a lot about this um, because I've had a few people come up to me and ask me questions about it and how sad it is. And in fact, our one parish church here in Meadville is St. Agatha Church. And when St. Agatha's church in Rome was desecrated and the um, incorruptible body of St. Agatha was uh, desecrated, um, I mean, she's still there. She's still together, but uh, taken out of the tomb underneath the altar and um, touched and it just not cool things. Um, and then the tabernacle being desecrated, what came to mind were all the attacks on the Catholic Church and specifically where it's desecrating buildings. And I know that this is happening in multiple places. Like we're seeing the desecration of um, businesses and we're seeing the desecration of public spaces and buildings because of the riots and the protesting. But what is really sad is the desecration of our religious sites um, by groups saying, well, you know, you having this religion is uh, an appropriation of faith or an appropriation of beliefs from others, or you're trying to take on a culture that's not your own, for instance, um, trying to have Jesus as a white man or being pale skinned instead of olive colored skinned. Um, people are complaining about that. And I think it's just a really a, a sad situation that, um, you know, you can't say that G you can't have an image of Jesus in, in another skin color when, in fact, like I've seen some beautiful images of Christ as a, a black person or as a Chinese person or as a um, Mexican. We know that Mary, you know, when she appeared to um, San uh, Juan Diego. Juan Diego, thank you. My brain just completely went there for a second. When she appeared to Juan Diego, she appeared as a uh, um, a native of his hometown, native of his people. So he would have, she would have looked uh, uh, Azteca or Inca. I think Azteca. Well, yeah. Still, yeah, I don't know. Local, a local person, and from that area. So, you know, God doesn't need to stick to what we would say is social norms or, um, you know, publicly or politically correct language to show himself. So I, it just, I know there's a lot of people talking about this and it's kind of a situation in our world that is a very sad situation. And I, I kind of wanted to put this out there and uh, chat about it for a little bit for those who are listening. Yeah. I think from a, from a high level, you got people that have been in quarantine locked up for, months now in some places um, you have, especially in the United States, you have a lot of uh, unrest right now uh, due to um, the, the George Floyd uh, killing and a couple of other high profile uh, events that have happened in the last couple of months. 
And I think a combination of that, plus it's an election year and just all craziness is going on that people are looking to large institutions and putting blame on them automatically. And I can understand the frustration, but where I guess where I can't, I can't bring myself to really understand the, the, the why. Um, but if you look back in history, let's go back to like the French revolution, for example, and I'm no history buff, nor do I know a ton about it. But you know, when you look at the peasants rising, um, what do they do? They attack the institutions and that's just kind of what people do in history. Um, and I think that's what's going on right now. I'm not saying there's a revolution coming or anything like that, but it's just, I think it's just part of our nature to when we're frustrated with something as a whole, as a people, when they feel oppressed, whenever they feel anger and frustration in a, in a group, they lash out at, at things that are larger than them. And it's not good. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, yeah. it's, and I mean, I get, okay. So you're attacking businesses and greedy corporations and all, and all that stuff. I can kind of understand that, but the Catholic church, I, I don't, right. that one, that one I, I really don't get unless you're going to talk about the, you know, okay. Depicting Jesus as a white man. Well, okay. Looking back at every, just about every single culture, they depict Jesus the way that most of their people are. So just, you know, we had the, the Roman empire pretty much had control of everything and right. you had a bunch of white guys. So we're going to make Jesus white and you have all the artists, the major artists who depicted Jesus were white guys. So they're going to depict right. him as a white guy. But as you said, there are plenty of other depictions of Jesus with uh, in, in other races. And, and like you said, with Mary, for example, she happens every time she shows up somewhere, she is depicted as the, 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 the type of people that are in that locality, the race of the people that, that live there. And I think it's very beautiful that, you know, we can look at it as, I mean, like I'm okay. I'm a white guy. I'm a European descent white guy, but I, I love our lady of Guadalupe. Right. You know, like I, there's, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of really cool cultural things that have come out of, uh, out of that. And I really appreciate them. Um, and I, I have yet to meet one person that's like, oh, well, I can't, I, you know, I can't pray to Our Lady of Guadalupe because, you know, I'm a white guy and she's not. I mean, that's not, that's not how that works. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, and I think something else that uh, some people are claiming, which is totally untrue and totally um, unfounded. Um, and this is, this is not just because I'm a greedy person. And if anybody thinks I'm greedy, well, then they obviously don't know anything about me, but that's besides the point. Um, people will claim, well, the church is all this money that they're hiding. Look at the Vatican. Uh, the, I can't go up to the Holy Father and say, hey, give me some gold so I can fix my church that all these people mm -hmm. just, you know, defaced with their slurs and horrible things. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the things that I had to deal with is um, – we had our church was desecrated, not on the outside or not on the inside, but on the outside, someone spray painted some very horrible things about someone from the community on the front of one of our churches on a Saturday night. So, you know, where I'm trying to go oh, out boy. there Sunday morning in between masses and get it cleaned off or get it covered up in paint. And oh, it was a, oh, it was a horrible, horrible thing. 
So, you know, it's not like I can go to the Holy Father and say, give me money. I need money. I need money for paint. I think a lot of people don't understand that, though. If you're not Catholic, and some Catholics who um, also don't understand, uh, just that, okay, look for example, during the um, the last relief bill, COVID relief bill that went out, um, a lot of parishes applied and got that PPP loan yep. to be able to pay their employees. And there's outrage over that. Lots, and I had to, I, I had to talk to somebody basically and was like, Hey, um, there's their, their argument was separation of church and state. And why don't they get money from, you know, the church is this big conglomeration that they're rich and, and why do they need the money? It's like, you don't understand. They have people that they have to employees that they have to pay that have a livelihood that also pay taxes. Their argument was, well, these churches don't pay taxes, so they shouldn't get any of the money. Okay. Well, the employees have to pay income tax. And so they, what do they not matter? This is for the, to pay the employees. Right. Right. It's just a yeah, lack of understanding. My, my paycheck has to come from somewhere too. It's not, you know, I don't do this just out of the goodness of my heart. Like I have to be able to function as well as a human being. And AJ, you're going to learn that soon enough. Is that like, we, we have to, I still have bills, you know, I still have to pay for things. And, uh, you know, this, this also kind of feeds back into, we're getting into a completely separate argument about finances in the church. But I mean, like one of the things that I've had to argue with someone recently, and I don't remember Vince, if we talked about this in the podcast, but someone was trying to make an argument for married clergy. And I oh, made yeah, the comment, like, how much do you get paid? And then ask me how much I get paid. And with the comparison there, that's not a fair comparison, but in any event, you know, back to the fact that our churches are being desecrated. Now, luckily, there is this website, and I'm not going to share the website but uh, for numerous reasons, but people can find this on their own. Oh, if I don't know if you guys can hear the dog in the background. He's barking at something. But in any event, there's a website that has collected um, attacks on churches throughout North America. So this is including Canada and well, nothing in Mexico. So it looks like it's just Canada and United States. And luckily, um, neither of our dioceses, Erie or Covington have had anything um, that has hit this website, but there's like this interactive map that shows all the attacks and it's fascinating just to see them all. Now, I, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised when I say that most of the attacks are centered on high population zones. Like you see, it's it's closer to New York City, uh, so on the East Coast, down in the Florida area, mostly over in California, and then Chicago has a bunch, well, in the area. Um, but still, I mean, like I don't think anybody's going to be surprised with, with finding out that and Toronto, my, I don't want to forget our Northern brothers and sisters, uh, but it's in high population areas where there's currently a lot of civil unrest, but that doesn't mean that it's good for people to be going out and attacking churches, especially when like churches were the ones that are trying to help in the situation. And, and, and that's just, you know, that's just from my perspective, at least I hope that we're trying to help in the situation in any situation we're trying to be supportive. But, you know, it's just, it's a difficult situation that we find ourselves. And it's, it's sad to see people attacking us when it's not, 
I don't know of any priest that is truly a um, any priest that is in in standing with the church that is a uh, a, a true racist. Like I don't because that doesn't you know I don't know AJ. I mean in our in our seminary studies, I would say that they kind of sh- you know they show us how that is ridiculous and that does not align with gospel values. Right, of course. And and not only being racist doesn't work, but you you know you can't be a sexist, you can't be any of these things because that doesn't align with the gospel values that we are trying to emulate in our priesthood and then in the Catholic Church. And so it's it's just it's a disheartening situation that we find ourselves in, you know, and and to have have uh, holy sites being desecrated like the Church of Saint Agatha in Rome. Um, and having her body uh, desecrated and the image of Our Lady in that church being desecrated. It's just, it's a, it's a sad situation. Yeah. I think it, it just sounds like people are getting frustrated and getting desperate um, because they don't know how else to cope with maybe, you know, civil or social unrest. And, and these could be things that are really affecting these individuals that are driven to do this. And I think somehow they think that, Oh, if I attack some secular or civil building, it won't get as much of a reaction than if like a Catholic church. So it's almost a testament that something special is there because as Catholics, we do hold our churches in high regard. You know, it's where we gather for uh, for liturgy to worship God. And then, you know, especially the churches in Rome, they they house relics and holy items. And then especially above all the Eucharist. So I, I just think it's interesting that the Catholic Church and Catholic churches are being targeted, uh, but it, it, I, I just feel like it's out of frustration that people don't know what else to do to kind of deal with their feelings about a situation and try to affect change. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and I think what really, um, what I think really will hit home is that this is an attack of evil. You know, we just need to call it for what it is, and this is truly an evil attack. This is this is not coming from um, a true act of peace and a true act of love and a true act of um, justice. This is an attack of evil, and this is an attack of selfishness, and this is an attack of um, you know self value over uh, the value of all people. And, you know, as we were saying that there's there's this one church on this interactive map that had something written on it along the lines of no lives matter. Uh, I know it had go it goes further, but I just want to leave it at that is no lives matter. Well, that's that also kind of goes against the whole purpose of all the protests right now, because that's not the case. And as Catholics, we preach that, you know, as some will say from womb to tomb, we preach that that life is sacred, life does matter, that, you know, there is life from conception and we must protect it and protect it uh, with all of our being from conception all the way through to a natural death, that we don't want to see an early death for people, that we don't, that we as Catholics, and I mean, that's just it, is people want to say, oh, well, the Catholic Church is so conservative. Well, the Catholic Church is neither conservative or liberal. It's neither Republican or Democrat. The Catholic Church is the Catholic Church. And as a priest of the Catholic Church, uh, you know, I stand for the Catholic Church. And one of the things is, is that the church does not advocate for the death penalty. And the church also 
does not advocate for abortion. And some will say that one of those issues is liberal and the other one is conservative. But in fact, you know, they come together and we as Catholics say, no, you know, this is, there is a dignity and a sanctity to all life across the spectrum. And so having that recognition, um, as Father Emmanuel would say to us, semper et pro semper, always and forever. When a, when a ruling is made on a moral um, uh, a moral situation, you have to have the same ruling across the board. It can't apply to one person at a specific time. It has to apply to everyone always. Right. And including immigrate, you know, immigrants, you know, let's yes, Im- immigration. I'm glad you that's brought another. that up because that's another hot button issue right now with a lot of people. So yeah, you know, it, it's, it's across the board. We are pro-life, not pro-birth. We are not pro you know, or anti-woman, we are, we are pro-life that all life, all life from people across the world is sacred. And Vince, think to a point you made, um, just with people not knowing really what the church teaches. Um, I mean, it's obvious, you know, because churches are being attacked, but I think if they really knew, then our churches wouldn't be targeted. Like if they knew, like even from conception, like the first possible moment of life, we respect that human life you know that's and that embryo has been ensouled uh, it is made in the image likeness of god so i know that a lot of these groups are trying to advocate for the rights of a, a certain um you know, population of the u.s but i think uh, to your point is they just misunderstand where we're coming from I, mean, I think father andy you kind of spoke on that too but yeah it's like if they knew what we really taught you know they would ask for our help or you know they'd kind of leave us out of at least like these attacks because if anything like we're on their side you know we are advocating for the respect of all human life right i, th- I, th- I think a lot of people think that we're just blind trump lovers and if i could tell you what i'd <laughs> i couldn't be further from that yeah <laughs> um yeah. we don't fit into we don't fit into a political party no. uh it's it's we we just don't and uh and I know I I we, I know we hate talking about politics and everything, but like after watching the debate, oh my gosh, like I just wanted to. I was actually screaming, like I could like I couldn't believe it. And uh, you know, and I I'll let everybody know here, I'm not voting for either one of those. Uh, there's another party that the American Solidarity Party that um, holds a lot of Catholic values, and hey, yeah. he doesn't have a chance of winning, but guess what? I'm voting for him. Right? Yeah, and totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I, that's the key there is that we don't fit into a political party, even though just like you said, I know a lot of uh, priests that are talking about the um, American. Uh, what is it? The American Solidarity Party. Solidarity. That's it. Um, there's a few other priests that I know that are, are a part of that group. Um, and, you know, but yet we still don't fit into any political party because even there mm-hmm. they, they hold some. I remember reading their political platform that they hold some things that even we don't agree on. But that's most, besides of, the point. Yeah, most of it, actually, most of their platform comes from the, the catechism, believe it or not, which is good. Yeah, which is good. But um, I mean, I'm, so, yeah, of course, not everything. But no, at the end of the day, it's still a political party and they're looking for votes. Right. Exactly. And that's the hard part. So, like, if we had a perfect world, well. A perfect world, we wouldn't have to worry about any of this. But in the meantime, we have to fight this. And I think the other thing that um, really bothers me about this is that, 
you know, we, we you were mentioning AJ about how people are saying, you know, I think it was you AJ that was saying um, they want to attack Catholic churches because it's going to get the most bang for their buck, right? Um, get the most attention. And yet, and yet, uh, I just pulled up a bunch of random articles on this whole topic. And it's all, none of these articles are coming from really major news sources. They're all coming from strange. Okay, so for instance, this one is from the Wall Street Journal, but it is the only one that I have found that is from a public news source that actually cares um, most of them are Catholic news agencies. So, you know, it, it's it, what the problem I think is, is that we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about the evil attack that's on our world and our society today. And it's this plight of us versus them. And, and it's, it's turning, uh, everybody against each other. And it's, it's I mean, like you said, Vince, you saw it in the, I refuse to watch it, but you saw it in the debate last night that there was this us versus them and that you're trying to, uh, each of the presidential candidates is trying to sway the other group to say it's us versus them and whose side you want to be on. Well, you want to be on the winning side because we as Americans, we win. And it, you know, and I think that's one of the problems, major problems that we as American Catholics have is that we think of ourselves solely for ourselves, right? We don't actually remember that we are a part of a group that is much larger than ourselves, that is a worldwide grouping. And and so, for instance, when the Holy Father makes a declaration or he makes a statement, it's not just at the United States. Maybe it does apply here because it should apply here. But the point is he's making a statement that covers the entire world, China, Russia, uh, um, Africa, Europe, South America. Like he's covering every part of the world. So it's not, it, that's the problem with Americans. We, we are so centrist. We are all so navel gazing. We can't ever see the world around us. I think you brought up a good point. Um, I think in the U.S. we can see it especially, but it sounds like even in like Europe and in Rome, yeah. people are trying to attack institutions because it could be an institutional problem. Because I think here in the U.S., you know, people are, are trying to fight against, you know, police brutality. So that's an institution, right? You know, uh, authority, law enforcement. And so I think they're either grouping us in the same boat or they just have an overall dislike for institutions, and so they're like, oh, hey, what's another big institution? The Catholic Church. Like, oh, they have very prominent landmarks. Right. Um, they hold things that are very, rever you know, they revere, they find things very reverent and holy in those churches. Let's desecrate those um, to, like, I guess, make a statement or to get people to talk about their ideals. Yeah, that's so true. That is absolutely so true. And it's it's just sad how it's being forgotten and ignored. And we're not talking about it. Well, we are. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. But, I mean, look back in history. Christians have been persecuted for 2,000 years. And we'll get through it like we always oh, yeah. do. And at the end of the day, material things don't matter. That's uh, absolutely now, the Eucharist matters. And that makes me mad that whenever they disgrace the tabernacle. But um, these things happen and we have to have faith to, to get us through. And we have to pray for yeah. those people, for their conversion. It's, uh, it's interesting you brought up the French Revolution. Um, 
because I just I'm in a class right now, modern church history, and we just had an exam kind of just covering the French Revolution. Um, but it's it's the same thing is these these rulers, these dictators in Europe in that time, especially France, like Napoleon Bonaparte, they saw the church kind of as a threat. They saw its necessity, but they're also just like um, jealous of its power, you know, the power the Pope had over Catholics. You know, if the Pope excommunicated a ruler, that was like the Pope saying, yeah, the things this ruler is doing are not good. You are not obligated to follow him. No, you don't have to, with your conscience, you don't have to follow him. So it's, it's interesting that you brought up the revolution and then just kind of looking back in history is um, it's not a new thing that people have been jealous of the church. Uh, Father Andy, like you said, jealous of its university, you know, universality. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just a, a thought I have is this is, this has been done before in different ages, but I think for the same reasons. King Henry VIII is another good example. Yeah. He didn't like what he was getting and he didn't, uh, he didn't want to be excommunicated. So, well, what do you do when you're the ruler of a nation? You just make your own religion. That's right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sad situation that we find ourselves in. But but it's a little shorter of an episode because I think we're kind of widened down yeah. here. But the whole thing is that we we still have hope. There's still hope. There's still hope for the future, and there's still hope for um, what we have available to us. And so if you're listening to this and thinking, wow, you know, this is really sad. Yeah, you should be sad. Like this is a sad thing to find ourselves in. This is a sad situation to find ourselves in. But we have a um, chance now to go forward with this and make a change. So, you know, well, what can we do about this? What kind of changes can we make? Well, I don't think there's at least correct me if anybody thinks I'm wrong, but I don't think that you're going to be able to go out there and uh, stop people from desecrating churches. No, but AJ, you made a very important point. We need to be praying for them. We need to be praying for them and uh, praying that this world does change and this world does, uh, you know, become better. Um, that we can uh, find a way outside of um, this these evil attacks and call it for what it is. Call it for what it is. Don't try to hide from it. These are evil attacks on the church because it has happened, as you said, uh, Vince, throughout the entire world, entire generation of the church, throughout all of history. But the real sad part is that um, we aren't, we are not taking it on head first. We are not uh, paying attention to uh, the situation around us. And we have to do the best that we can to call out the evil and to call forward into um, uh, this generation the truth of Christ and the truth of the church. These are stressful times right now. And like, I'm not, I can't be, and actually I'm not the only one that I know that is just feeling down and stressed out just of over the last, this whole year, this whole year sucks. And, uh, it, it, and it's really like, for me, I have to remind myself, okay, I need to talk to my wife when I get home and just kind of talk about what's going on instead of keeping everything bottled up inside. Um, because there's just so much going on. It's stressing, stressing me out. And I know, you know, I have friends that I talk to that are seeing the same thing. They're stress, everyone's stress level is a little higher and, uh, it's, Make sure you talk to somebody, pray, uh, listen to our podcast, episode 14 on mental health. Um, you know, there's, there's things that you can do 
try to remove yourself from, especially the the political side of this, because this is getting out of hand. But um, yes, I just thought I'd bring that up just because this is kind of a downer episode. I didn't want to really talk about this, but you have to. And, um, and you know, the next couple of weeks are still going to be stressful. And depending on the outcome of the election, either way, it's going to be stressful at least until January. And then hopefully we can move on. Hopefully 2021 is a better year. Yeah, I'm reminded of the uh, motto of the Carthusian order of monks, of contemplative monks, is that while the world turns, the cross of Christ stands still. Yep. Um, so, yes, you know, throughout any age, especially in our own age with its own stresses and anxieties, is uh, the cross of Christ stands still. You know, God is outside time. So I think, you know, we can take refuge in that and without being escapists and ignoring what's happening in the world. Because, you know, God himself took flesh in the world and had to deal with and own, you know, the issues and times of, um, you know, Palestine in that age. So I think at the same time, we are one foot in this world, one foot in the next. Um, but, but to know that we can take refuge in God when we need to, and he can give us strength and we can come and deal with the world as we need to. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, AJ, by the by the way, uh, you and Brother Barnabas did a fantastic job last week in your episode, and uh, Andy and I, Father Andy and I, would like to see more of that. So, um, yeah, thanks. We're going to hold you accountable to make sure that you have uh, at least two episodes a month. Then, how's that sound? You good? Okay. Sounds like that. All right. And, uh, <laughs> if not, you know, we're going to have to dock your pay. Yeah. So, <laughs> or fire you. I was telling him it's like, you know, the first time you go with your, like your little brother and you're driving, and you're like 15 and a half in your parents' car and you're just like, hope I don't break anything. Like, hope we're doing this right. Oh. <laughs> we felt like we're just like, hope, hope we're saying the right things. Like, you know, was the intro good? How about the outro? But the content. Um, it's fantastic. Well, you can't mess it up. You can't mess it up any more than we've already messed it up. <laughs> we don't have any listeners anyways. It doesn't matter. That's right. All That's right. That's right. So uh, you can find us on EncounterMercy.com. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so uh, on iTunes, Google, uh, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, uh, you can subscribe. So please do that and follow us on social media. And until next time, peace, everybody. You know, AJ, if uh, you and Barnabas are doing it, you need to put posters up at the college. I like that. Send us some. <laughs>